the small town of Chamberlain, Maine is still reeling on this tragic anniversary. Forty years ago today, 440 people lost their lives and 18 went missing on a night that should have been magical. The tragedy started as the senior class of 1979 gathered together to celebrate their prom. When a case of bullying went one step too far, a disturbed young woman turned on them all. After having a pail of blood poured on her, Carrie White left the prom, only to return soon after and become a mass murderer. Carrie walked back into the prom and promptly turned fire hoses on the graduates that had been inside. She went on to lock everyone inside the gymnasium and start an electrical fire that would kill 68 students and teachers. Tragedy followed as Carrie walked down Main Street, causing an explosion at the gas station and sending power lines at the citizens of the town. The gas explosion caused a fire to rage through the town that killed residents and burned down numerous homes. Carrie went on to kill her mother before she herself was found dead by one of the survivors of the prom fire, Miss Sue Snell. Today the town is quiet. The students still bus out to a nearby town for school since the bones of the high school they once had remain condemned. The community, it seems, hasn't been able to face a rebuilding. The townspeople still seem wounded from the event 40 years ago. Even now, the ground on which the white residents stood is covered in black dirt. Nothing grows anymore. People go out of their way to avoid the plot, mumbling about the curse on the land. The townsfolk gather in the lone bar in town, and whispers can still be heard of the evil Carrie White and how she burns in hell. Trust me, Carrie. You can trust me. Trust me, Carrie. You can trust me. Trust me, Carrie. You can trust me. My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the Exosisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 21. And in this episode, we will be discussing 1976's Carrie, which is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. Absolutely. All-time. I, I feel it, like, I know you like the redo. The 2013. Yeah. Not the 90, I think 1991 or 92 made-for-TV one was fucking garbage, yeah. but I do appreciate the 2013 remake, yeah. This is one of those that I feel like, you know, it, it ages well. It's still oh, great. Oh, definitely. And I also feel like, I made a note of this later in the movie, but I feel like it's one of those, because this is actually the first movie that I have read the book for. Oh, really? Yes, that we've Do done so far. you mean that we've done? Okay. Yeah, that we've done so far. And honestly, I haven't really read a lot of horror. I'm a big horror movie person, but not a big horror novel person. And I think that's just because my imagination runs away and it gets like too much mm -hmm. sometimes. But this one by Stephen King... This one, I have the book in front of me. Let's see. And also, Stephen King can get real long and wordy sometimes. It was only like 250 pages. Yeah, it's uh, 245. Which so, was great, and I feel like he should do that more often. Yeah. And it was gripping from beginning to end. Yes. It wasn't like there was a bunch of, like, stuff. There was a, or a few things that were a little yeah. wordy. There's, like, one part where I'm like, why? Why was that needed? It wasn't. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the book. I was like, I read it in two sessions, and... And it was done. Mm -hmm. It was super easy and it was super good. So it was easy to keep going. But I haven't read a lot of horror, like I said. So this is the first 
maybe the first Stephen King book I've ever... Actually, it is the first Stephen King book I've ever finished. Really? I've started some, but some of them got get so long and daunting. Yes. <laughs> and I love to read. It's not that. It's just I... I get in moods to read, and then I'll just read so much that I'll almost finish it. And then when it starts to lose me, it starts to lose me. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to find books that I really, really want to get into. And most of them are, like, nonfiction true crime. Mm-hmm. So. Before we get into the movie, I just wanted to talk about the book because I read it as well. Mm-hmm. And it was great. I just wanted to vent about two things. Vent away. One. I have talked to you about this one, but I'm going to say it again. He talks in length, like it's a huge portion of this book, of this person recounting them watching Carrie throw stones basically through her house. Like causing a stone rain, if yes. you will. Mm-hmm. When and, she was a child, right? Like yeah. three or four. And later on, when she's in trouble with her mom. Later on in the book, she, Carrie mentions, Mama, I'll bring the stones back. I feel like that would have been creepier had he not told you the story of the stones if Mm -hmm. she said mama i'm gonna bring the stones back i'd be like fuck what'd she do with the stones that's interesting because i thought it was an interesting insight to her psychic development with the stones okay i liked it could it have been shorter yes yeah could have been shorter but i thought it was interesting that you know these things started so early and also that her mom didn't kill her sooner yeah right you know stones coming through the house especially trying to keep images up I'm just, it was just an interesting insight to kind of their their history for me. And I also think that this might be a controversial or unpopular opinion because I know how most of horror feels about remakes on really good classics. Mm -hmm. Both of these remakes were pretty close in, like the 2013 remake stayed pretty close to the movie. I think it could be remade again based completely on the book and be entirely different. Yeah, Like, absolutely. not entirely, but, you know, there are a lot of things that the book does that I was like, whoa, holy shit, that's way more intense than the movies did. Yeah, like, it really was. In the, I guess we could talk about this as we start going through the movie, but she fucks up so much more shit mm-hmm. in the book than she does the movie. Yeah. Either movies. She really does. And it's so, it plays out so much differently, and I think in a way that almost makes it creepier. Absolutely. So, the book was way creepier. Like I yeah. like Carrie, but it oh, doesn't do really creep me out. Like her, yeah. her look sometimes does. Yeah. But the overall thing, the overall book of Carrie was creepy. Yeah. And so I I honestly would say if someone remade it again, I wouldn't be like Ugh. now I would be a little exhausted if it was the same as the nineteen seventy six, the twenty thirteen, and then they did exactly the same thing again yeah. because it was in sequential order both of them, but it's different in the book. Mm-hmm. But they didn't show those differences between the movies because they just basically mirrored the first one exactly with a little bit of more modern like smartphones, not the seventies kind of twist, which has a place. But if somebody remade it and just completely stayed a hundred percent true to Stephen King's novel, mm-hmm. I honestly think. I don't think it would trump the Sissy Spacek one for me because that one is just so iconic. But I would watch it and I would not be tired of it. Absolutely. My other thing, my other vent is just with Stephen King. I I'm getting better with him, but I still don't necessarily like all his writing. And he he goes overboard on sex, boobs, boobs, and. Uh, there's a still a scene in The Shining where he talks about having sex with Wendy and she's laying there and his semen is dripping out of her. That's too much. That's not needed. <laughs> yeah. I don't need it. Yeah. And like in this, like I get that it's a coming of age book, but just because it's a coming of age book does not mean everything has to do with her fucking period. 
Or her boobs. And it literally ends with Sue getting her fucking period. Are you serious? That's how you want to end that book? Because it, it made me go, what? Why? I guess it brought it all full, full circle, I guess. It was gross. <laughs> Well, and I was reading it, and I would I was kind of talking to Brad every now and then. I'd be like, man, Stephen King just loves titties. Like, he is yes. obsessed. He's describing them in detail at length. And anytime he describes a woman, yes. specifically spends time describing her boobs. I, I've read Salem's Lot, which I actually don't remember very much. I might have to read it again someday because mm-hmm. it was so long ago. But Pet Cemetery, Carrie, and The Shining all have these sex scenes or something and a lot of it. I'm like, that's not the type of book I'm reading. Stop. Well, where you started and I'm going to start reading it. And there's like an infamous like child orgy scene in that. Oh, yeah. I've, I'm only 100 pages in and we're already talking about boobs and vaginas. And I'm like. <sighs> <laughs> Give me the creepy clown, please. Yes. <laughs> At least. Okay. I, I'm, I play devil's ad. We both kind of do back mm-hmm. and forth. But at least with it, it's like boys kind of coming to puberty so maybe like a little curious about those kinds of things but i haven't read it so i don't know the context they're only supposed to be like 10 and 11 in the book by the way yeah okay so a little early but i don't know gross i wasn't a dude didn't go through i didn't start thinking about sex till i was like 13 yeah yeah so the movie and the book well yeah right the book starts in gym class yeah yeah okay both the movie and the book start in gym class and they're playing volleyball and Carrie is in the back and you can even like without knowing any context, she's like context. She's like the awkward one in mm-hmm. the back and they she's all very different in the book than she is in the movies. Yeah. In the book, they describe her as like a big girl yeah, that's she's like, like homely and not, I mean, she's kind of homely and she's and, covered in pimples and all yeah, that stuff. She's and... just like the ugly outcast mm-hmm. and Sissy's basic is not ugly. She's a little gawky. Yeah. You know, lanky and awkward, but she's not like a fat girl or, but she's not like a bigger girl. No. She's not full figured at all. She's a, a body type and you see her whole body in this. <laughs> True. <laughs> she's a more like conventionally attractive body type mm-hmm. in the movie, which, you know, I guess, I, I don't know what the, you know, body positivity was like in the 70s. So maybe they wanted to draw the crowd in with like Sissy Spacek. I don't know. But little difference appearance-wise between the book and the movie. And all the girls are yelling that she'll blow it. And then, of course, they spike the ball to her and she misses it. And they all make big fun of her. Like, what assholes? It's not that big of a deal, dude. Literally, like, they're talking about, I'm going to fucking kill you or something. And it's like, it's fucking volleyball in gym. Calm down. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Is that really the end of your world? And this poor girl, I don't know how she made it to her senior year, honestly. Right. With the bullying. Especially, like, in the book, they talk about how far back the bullying yeah. went and how deep it runs. I don't know how no... First of all, I don't know if it was teachers in the 70s or teachers in this book and the movie. Fucking suck. Oh, yeah. Like, nobody is looking out for or protecting this poor girl. No. Nobody, including her own mother, which we know. But oh, yeah. come on, dude. And then it cuts to a locker room shower scene. Boobs and bush everywhere. Oh, everywhere. I mean, it, which is really creepy when, like, Brad walked in and I was like, look at all the boobies. <laughs> and he was like, aren't they in high school? And I was like, yup. 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 They are. The thing. They are in high school. There's a uh, one, I want to say it's the actress who plays Chris. She comes around the corner and she's topless. And there was 
god damn it one of the actors or one of the producers or something his name was scrolled across for the credits right there and his friends were in the audience going i didn't see your name where was it and he goes it was like along with her tits so they (laughs) they were not paying attention no they were not (laughs) they were like boobs okay got it boobs boobs lots of boobs (laughs) And there's like this beautiful orchestral music playing and it's panning around the room and it's cuts to Carrie having this nice peaceful shower. It looks like it's the only piece she gets all day. Yeah. And that had to have been so awkward to film because she's just standing in the shower completely naked, mm-hmm. rubbing her soap on her whole body with her eyes closed, just like looking mm-hmm. up at the shower, you know, and letting the water run over her. She filmed that scene by herself and just the director that's good so it was a lot better for her because yeah it was she didn't have a whole crew watching her no they made sure that she had some time to herself and was comfortable Mm -hmm. that's good still awkward but yeah because it's not the only time she gets naked in the movie either i mean you see sissy spacex naked body in this oh yeah so that had i mean you know the thing is though you don't see her as like it's just the human form like you don't see her sexualized it's just like Mm. You see her in the shower scene, and then you see her in a bath scene at the end, Mm -hmm. which is important, you know. And uh, could they have not showed her boobs? Yeah, but it didn't take away from the movie for me because I was just looking at this scene as it was. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, like, distasteful. Some of Stephen King's stuff can get distasteful, like we talked about, but this wasn't, in my opinion. Because the music seemed a little, like, sexual, but it also just, I took it as this is, like, the only piece she's going to get all day. Yeah, absolutely. You know. And, of course, as she is bathing herself, she sees blood on her hands and it starts running between her thighs and she starts screaming and panicking. So I have a TMI comment here. As women and as adults, as you all should be, (laughs) periods are normal. Yeah. But I have never seen blood run like that from a Thank period. You. Okay. Like, that's not how it... I was thinking it, the same thing. Because I... how it works. Yeah, I have hormonal issues, so... I'm a bleeder, like, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, it just, even myself, like, I have never seen anything like that, even Ever. like starting. So, but, you know, it's dramatized for the movie. So, yeah. what actually happened is she probably was watching down there and had some blood on her fingers. Exactly. You know, but in the movie, it is running yeah. down her thighs. Like, I would think I was dying too. Yeah. Even now, I'd be like, whoa, what the fuck is yeah, going on? Exactly. And then, of course, she is screaming and she starts like, She's running to the girls with her bloody hands outstretched, like, help me, help me. How terrifying. Like, you literally think you are dying and everyone is just mocking you and laughing at you. Yeah. And then, actually, Sue is the one that starts, like, she opens the tampon dispenser and the pad dispenser. And they start throwing shit at her, you know, and yelling, plug it up, which is famous. Plug it up. Plug it up. And then she falls against the shower wall and she's just, like, in... Like a fetal position almost on the shower floor, which is just so awful. And she's just cowering. And they changed some names in this movie. Miss Collins is the name of the gym teacher. I noticed that too, But in the book, it's like Dardajan or something? Yeah, because it's Desjardins. And I only know that because of, shoot, it was a black and white one in the 2000s that won an Oscar. Mm. Yeah. It was all silent. Yeah, and they the name of the high school in the book was Ewan, Mm -hmm. and it's Bates in the... Well, it's Bates, at least, to nod to Psycho, which is... That's exactly why I made that note, Um, but it's Ewan in the book, and it's Bates in Mm -hmm. Bates High School in the movie, which is fine. I'm all for 
people paying homage. Yeah. It was just interesting. So they, I don't know why they changed Maybe her name was too difficult or... God, I would assume so because it was hard for me reading it a few times. Yeah. The only reason I knew is because of that one actor, thank yeah. God, because otherwise I'd have been, like, skipping it. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. D. Yeah, Ms. D. exactly. Or whatever. So the gym teacher, or Miss Collins in the movie, comes in and she's, like, pissed at these girls for being so awful. But then she's you know, leaning down and Carrie's still freaking out. She won't like calm down. Mm-hmm. And so the gym teacher slaps her. There's a lot of like slapping oh, yeah. in this movie, like and in the book. Mm-hmm. Couples slapping each other, teachers slapping kids. It's like, this is a different time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, the gym teacher slaps a couple kids, like she slaps Chris later. Oh, yeah. She and it was a good, good one. She whops her right on the face. Yeah. <laughs> so, what she deserved. But you can't do that shit anymore. Even if they deserve it. Teachers should get one free slap a year. Because <laughs> there's probably one kid in every teacher's class. And they're like, oh, I want to slap you oh, so right. bad. And parents have to sign a waiver. And I feel like you're on my list. Me as a parent and probably my mom as well would have been like, yeah, you can slap them if they deserve it. That right. can be your one. If they truly deserve it, exactly. that can be you. And then after she slaps her and makes her pull herself together, she's getting more and more stressed out and the light blows out. So this is the first time in the movie you see mm-hmm. anything weird going on around Carrie. And she holds, it's so sad. She just holds on to the gym teacher and sobs oh, into her. I know, right? This movie makes me more sad than most because mm-hmm. I was not like bullied like that or even that much. But like as someone who likes to save people and protect people man you just want to like hug her and tell Mm -hmm. her it's going to be okay and like be someone that she trusts and it's just so awful and so the gym teacher you know tells her what a period is and the gym teacher feels really bad and so she goes to the principal and she's like hey this is what happened and the principal's like she doesn't know what a period is and then they're like well i'm not surprised with her mother her being who she is so margaret white already has a bad reputation yeah she's fucking psycho i was about to say she's fucking crazy (laughs) and she's sitting right outside the principal's office and kind of hearing this and then uh they decide you know you should go home for the day and kind of collect yourself after he calls her cassie like three times yeah and the gym teacher even tells the principal like i empathize with the girls that were throwing stuff at her because it's like how could she not know how could she be that dumb like you know but also i was like if nobody teaches you something, how are you supposed to know? It's not her fault. Well, I mean, not <laughs> probably still traumatic, but a very different traumatic. This is TMI, but this is my mother was never taught that she was going to bleed. No, my mother was the baby of eight kids in total, and my grandmother never taught her. It ended up as my the eldest girl ended up teaching her when she came home, and she was like, "I'm bleeding." She had to teach her. Like, that's really sad. Yeah. Teach your kids. Please. And earlier, the better, because kids are starting their periods sooner. Oh, my mom was... God, this is way TMI, you guys. My mom was great. Like, we had a whole routine. She was like, this is what's going to happen. For a couple of years ahead of time, we had stuff planned. I knew where to find it. It was great. So my mom got me... Uh, 90s kids might remember this, or kids who grew up in the early, early 2000s. American Girl that mm-hmm. makes the dolls had a book 
and it's about it was like you and your body or something like that. Is that the one where you can see how you put tampons in? Yeah. Oh my god, that book freaked me out. But also really good, really good book. They still make it and they've updated it. I'm gonna buy that for my kid. That was so helpful for me. Like it's not like my mom just gave me the book and was like, figure it out. We talked about it and she talked me through it and told me what was gonna happen. And then also my elementary school did like a puberty day where they separated the boys and girls and we watched these videos, you know, about these like scenarios. That's when I saw that book was in our puberty day. Yeah. They gave out copies of that. Yeah. So that's how we learned. If you ever wanted to know. If you guys ever have daughters that need to know how to do this, get that book. Get that book. It's so good. So good. Anyways, enough about our periods. Um, (laughs) But yes, the principal calls her Cassie a bunch and she says, it's Carrie. It's Carrie. And then the last time, it's Carrie. And then they have an ashtray because it's 70. So they're just like smoking. And it. She flips that shit. Yeah, flips down to the floor and they're like, okay, that was spooky. So she's walking home and there's a boy on a bike. He's like, what, 11, 12 years old, something like that. Why isn't he in school? Yeah, he's a fucking dick. I'm just curious. Like, I'm just letting this kid ride. Truant child. She left early because she was traumatized. What the fuck is he doing? Yeah, exactly. And so he's riding kind of around her in circles and then he goes, and then she just kind of looks and she makes him fall off her bike. Damn straight Off his she bike does. With, with her mind. In the book, when she does that, they put in flex. Like she yeah. – what I really like in the books like too, practicing. if anybody remakes this movie, I love that it really talks about how she's figuring out that she's telepathic and she's practicing like she's mm-hmm. working out. And it talks about what kind of toll it takes on her body and yeah. that she just feels like she's flexing a muscle and she can make it happen. Yeah, like she's got stuff on her dresser top and she's like moving it every night. Up and down and up Mm -hmm. and down and up and down. She's practicing, which they don't really talk about. They do a little... mm. In the movie, she... We'll get to it, but she just kind of realizes her powers and that's what you get. But in the book, she really works at Mm -hmm. perfecting them and and getting stronger and stronger and stronger. This would be such a cool power, but how scary. Yeah. Scary Carrie. (laughs) Isn't that what they say in the new one? I don't know. I think it's scary, Carrie. And then it cuts to, while she's at home, it cuts to her mother, Margaret White, stopping by Sue Snell's house, and Sue's mom is home, and Sue ends up being home as well. That was that actress's mom in real life, by the way. Oh, shit, really? Mm -hmm. That's cool. And she says, I'm here on the Lord's work, spreading the gospel. So she's like a Jehovah's Witness. She's (laughs) not, but, like, that's what she's doing. Yeah. And she's specifically going around to save the neighbors and the neighborhood's teenagers yeah because they're on their way to hell which is different in the book in the book she's very much not a part of that community at all she doesn't care about saving them she doesn't care about any of that shit nope i think in the movie they just wanted to set up that she was a crazy religious person and that's how they introduced her and it's so funny because mrs snell actually i think it's smith in the book in the movie I don't remember. I, I thought it was Snell because I'm not sure what it is in the book. So maybe it's, it's Snell. Yeah, in the book. Hmm. It's Sue Snell. Anyways, it doesn't matter. She's like, I would like to contribute $10 to the cause. And so she's like giving her money to fuck off. Yeah. And then Miss White takes the money but gets mad. And she says, I pray you find Jesus. And then she leaves. And it's like, you are in my home. Mm-hmm. Don't be fucking rude in my home. Of which I love. She was sitting there watching daytime soaps, drinking a glass of milk. I'm like, yeah. Ew. (laughs) I hate milk. Milk is awesome. So then it cuts to her going back home and Carrie is just like looking out the window waiting for her. Probably with dread. Mm. 
And then there's just like spooky music starts. And this music is very like 70s, 80s horror. That's awesome. Like very like in your face, kind of like the psycho theme, you know? Yeah, definitely. And Carrie's mother gets home and answers a phone call from the school. And it's the gym teacher. And you can, you don't hear it, but you can tell she's figuring out what happened to Carrie. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate because, I mean, I get as a teacher, like, telling a parent, like, something significant that happened at school. But Carrie is, like, listening and mm-hmm. she knows. And which is so sad. And her mom says, I know you're listening. Come on downstairs. And so Carrie's like, fuck. And she looks at Carrie and says, you're a woman now. And then Carrie's like, why didn't you tell me, mama? Like, why didn't she? I like that she's just not. Yes, ma'am. You know, she's like, why didn't you tell me? You know, because now she realizes this is just something that happens to every woman just biologically. She doesn't have any control over it. And then her mom fucking hits her Mm -hmm. and she falls to the ground and she reads. She starts reading a Bible verse about Eve being sinful. So like Adam and Eve of Eve being sinful and that the first sin was intercourse. But she doesn't just say this stuff. She says it over and over and over and over and over. And makes Carrie repeat her. Until Carrie, yep, repeats her. And Carrie says, I didn't sin, Mama. I was so scared. I thought I was dying. And they all laughed at me. And then her mom is just like, Eve was weak over and over until Carrie starts repeating it and just gives in and starts saying, Eve was weak. Eve was weak. And then she prays over Carrie as Carrie's still saying, she's crying. She's like, you should have told me. And Carrie's mom said, if she had not sinned, she wouldn't have gotten the curse of the blood. So she's telling Carrie that the only reason she got her period is because... She sinned. Somewhere. Somehow. Somehow. Mm -hmm. She did something she wasn't supposed to. Which is good mental abuse on your children. It's great. Yeah. Unrecoverable in most cases. And then she says, you're going to get in your prayer closet. And so she's dragging Carrie. And Carrie is screaming bloody murder. Like, the acting is so good in this. Mm -hmm. And just listening to it while I was watching it was like, oh, God. Also scarier in the book, though. Yeah. Because... She talks about in the book how her mom will leave her in there, not for a few hours like this happens, but for, for days. Yeah. And she'll, she doesn't have a bathroom in there. She has to, like, use the corner. She doesn't get fed. She doesn't get any of this. It's like those awful stories that you sometimes read on the news when they find kids that have just yeah. been totally neglected and thrown in there and locked. That's, all she, that's exactly what she did to her. Yeah. And there's this, like, really scary, like, Jesus, like, statue yeah. on the wall in the movie it's like got like glowy eyes and in the book i think she said the room had like a blue bulb like a bluish Mm -hmm. tinted bulb so not only is that that is so harsh on your eyes like Mm -hmm. it is just like everything about it is just physical and mental break torture yeah and so she throws her in the closet and she just starts praying like she's supposed to Mm mm-hmm and Carrie comes out of the closet what looks like a few hours later because now it's all quiet and her mom is just snow- sewing and she comes out and she says, you can go to bed now. And then Carrie is crying in front of her mirror and then the mirror just shatters. She, it like starts pulsating mm-hmm. and then it just shatters. And you can tell she did that on purpose. <laughs> and then mama goes upstairs because she hears the noise and she's like, what's that noise? And she's like, nothing, mama. I'm just saying my prayers. And she pretends to not know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to the next, when I'm assuming is morning or afternoon. She's at school and in class. And I just got to say, this is the first intro you get to Tommy Ross. And he is so my type. <laughs> he is so freaking cute. I know that is Blonde, pointless. curly hair. God, blonde hair, blue I, I dig it. Like, he is so freaking cute. And I love how curly his hair is. I would, 70s me, I'd be all <laughs> over that. Which is weird because I always date guys with dark hair and... I don't know. But anyways, 
You probably would have ended up with John Travolta. <sighs> You're right. <laughs> I wouldn't have let somebody slap me, but like aesthetically, probably. Which he's cute too in the mm-hmm. 70s. Yeah. Everybody's favorite Scientologist. Oh, uh, I guess second favorite behind Tom Cruise. He wasn't back then. I know. He was actually a sane human being, not in a cult. The teacher is reading, like I guess they're in English class, is reading a poem and says, does anybody have any feedback? And Carrie raises her, well, she just says, it's It's beautiful. beautiful. And then everybody laughs at her because it's Tommy Ross's poem Mm -hmm. they're reading. And he's like one of the popular jock kids, you know? And but kids so cruel? Why fucking laugh at her? God. I don't know. And especially poetry. Like, that's, it's supposed to invoke that kind of emotion. Even teenagers know that. God. And you can tell Tommy's not like the rest of them as far as being a doucheroo goes because he says under his breath, like, because even the teacher starts mocking Carrie. Jackass. Which, okay. Yes, he's being a jerk, but I also get his point because he asked for critique on it, not it's beautiful. Yeah. Get his problem, but also don't be an asshole about it. And also, if you know that that's the most picked on kid in class, leave her alone. The fact that she spoke up, he was surprised that she said anything at all. So maybe encourage it instead of shoot her down. Exactly. That's just like not a good teacher. No. And then um, Tommy whispers, you suck under his breath to the teacher for making fun of her. So you can tell he's got some Mm -hmm. compassion for her. And then it cuts to the gym teacher taking role in the gym and all the girls are sitting there, except for Carrie, of course. And on the wall behind her, the janitor is cleaning off something that says, Carrie White eats shit. This poor fuck. Why? How many times am I going to say it? Like, what this poor girl. What did she fucking girl, do to you? Why? I have never been one of those people that just feels the need to, like. Pick on people? Or just even join in on people picking on people. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm a saint. I can be judgmental at times. And I'm, yeah. You know, but Jesus. But why? And especially, like, graffiti on stuff. I mean, I know my school wasn't perfect, and yeah. I, I know kids got bullied, but yeah. not to that point. Jesus Christ. I mean, mine neither, not that I know of. God. I feel like I would hope that I would be one of those people that would sit with them at lunch or something. Like, mm-hmm. And I hope y'all are, too. Sit with the poor. If any of you are still in high school, go sit with the kid that doesn't have any friends. Yeah. I know this is kind of deep, but I was watching a TED Talk, and it was I was almost a school shooter. Mm-hmm. and he had it planned out to the day he was an abused kid that had like no friends and everybody was really mean to him and he said that one person let him sleep on his couch one night because his mother was really abusive and he even was gonna go shoot up his school like the next week and this one kid was nice to him and kind of took him in and it prevented him from shooting up his school one person one person was nice to him and it prevented a massacre just keep that in mind. I mean, I wasn't really bullied. Like, I had a couple of mean girls that picked on me. Yeah. But I never had any friends. And yeah. now I'm doing this podcast with my best friend. So, you know, things turn around. Yeah. Just got to give it time. It gets better. Yeah. Anyways. Mm-hmm. This, it's just, I love movies that can. I say. Yeah, I love movies that we can go off kind of on, I'm not going to say unrelated tangents because it's really not, but that are deeper when we can talk about deeper subjects just just surface because if somebody had been nice i know it's not like a school shooting but she does massacre an entire town tommy and sue are nice and she starts to come around yes and then they fucking are horrible people yeah and it would have been prevented if she had just had a good night yes this town 
would have survived the night. Yep. The, this high school wouldn't have gone up in flames. Yep. One person. It took Sue. Yeah. And it would have been fine. And that's like the whole movie. You're like, oh, no, don't do that. You're going to, and you know that it's done. It's a movie. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like, don't do it and it'll be fine. And Sue started out as the one who started this. Yeah fight in the and then something clicks and she's like wow we're terrible people so even if you do something wrong you can try and take it back and make it better reconcile definitely make amends with somebody which the gym teacher is awesome she's like not perfect but she definitely is grossed out with the whole thing she's trying to make things right and punish these girls and so she tells the girls to line up and she tells Chris she can choke on her gum for all she cares. Because she love how she, she treats Chris. Yeah, I'm like, get her. She tells Chris to spit that gum out. And Chris is like, where should I put it? And she's like, you can choke on it for all I care. And I'm like, yeah, choke on it. And she's getting big mad again, the teacher. She's like, y'all are terrible people. And she tells them they did a shitty thing. And they didn't even think that, or they didn't even stop to think that Carrie White has feelings. Because right. they don't give a fuck. No. <laughs> they don't care. You can tell Chris is the queen bee. Of these girls, which is why she's being so hard on Chris. Because one, she's just a big old bitch. She wanted punishment to be suspension and prom ticket refusal. because which I loved. Yeah. Because she said, you deserve it. But the office decided that they have one week's detention. But she's like, hold up though. Yes. It's my detention. Yeah. All the girls are like, no, fuck. I mean, Jim's already the worst. Yeah. And <laughs> now you have another hour and a half. Yep. 50 minutes every day oh. on the athletic field. Hour. But like added to... They're already, like, 45 minutes in class. Chris says she's not coming. And she's like, that's fine. It's your decision. It's all of your decisions. But if you don't, punishment is three days suspension and refusal of your prom ticket. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) And Chris is mad because they're all going to do it. So Chris thinks that if they all just refuse, the teacher can't do anything. And Chris's dad's, like, an attorney, and he's always just, like, fixed everything. She's able to be a bad person because her daddy's just going to make it go away if she gets in trouble. Which we know in the book, but I don't think they say that in the movie. She says something about, like, you can't get away with this. My father will hear about it or Mm -hmm. something. But it doesn't, like – because in the book, he actually comes up to the school. Yeah, he's actually a bigger part of it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. And – sorry, back on the book because – this book was really good. The principal in it. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Like, yep. he's a jerk and forgets her name in the beginning. But afterwards, he's like, we're going to protect this girl. And these girls were fucking bullies. And we're going to go after you. If you take us to court, guess what? We are her lawyers. And we're going to go after your daughter. And I yep. was like, yes. Yep. Get them. Yep. Because they say they're just going to bring her daughter's record into yes. it. And all the times you've made it, like, go away. And in the book, there are two people that survive the the massacre at prom. And one of them is the gym teacher. And it's both people that tried to protect her, which yeah. I really liked. It's the gym teacher or, or two of the, the adults. Yeah. And the principal. Yeah. These are the ones that while they sucked in the beginning, they both came around and tried to help her. And in the movie, she kills the gym teacher on purpose. Yeah. Like, and I guess that's to make her seem more like brutal, you know. Yeah. Well, she thought that she was laughing at her. She thought it was the one yeah. that she could trust. And Yeah. So while they're in this gym class, it cuts to Carrie in the... So first of all, they're getting worked out real hard. But it cuts to Carrie in the library getting books about... It's in the miracle section. And Mm -hmm. so she's looking for books on telekinesis to further understand what's going on with her. And then it cuts back to the gym class and Chris is still stewing and she's pissed. She's working out, but then she tells... uh, There's 10 minutes left in this gym class. And 
she's decide- she's like, this is bullshit. And she tries to get all the other girls to leave. And Sue's just looking at her like, shut up, Chris. She, like, she realizes fuck they off. fucked up yeah. and they have to do this. Just pay for it. Yes. And Chris is just so mad at all of them because they're all just going along with the punishment. she's evil. She is evil. God. And she's way more evil than Carrie. Yeah. Carrie's the one that massacres them all, you know. And they're like, you only have 10 minutes left. And she tells her to stick 10 minutes up her ass. And then the coach smacks the Damn fuck out of her. Get her. Yep. And then Chris yells at them that she can't get away with it if they all stick together. And they're all like, mm, nope. And then Chris says, this isn't over by a long shot and storms off. So my grandfather was actually a coach and gym teacher in the 70s. And nice. this is all I think of is because he would have done the same fucking thing. I'm actually pretty sure I've heard stories of him doing the same thing. Smacking the shit When somebody smarted off, off to him. Smacking. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Just beat kids and it's <laughs> Hey, they turned out to be amazing people, so it worked. So then it cuts to Sue talking to Tommy, and Sue asks him to take Carrie to prom. Before he answers, it cuts to Chris with her boyfriend, Billy Nolan, who is John Travolta. And at first look at him, in the book they refer to him basically as a greaser and a rebel bad boy. So kind of like he is in Greece. He's just like not as, he's not a jackass. Well, he is a jackass in Greece, but not like this. Yeah. He's not just like a mean, mean, horrible person. Because in the book... Billy Nolan is literally, like, a woman abuser. Oh, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, he is in the movie, too, but it goes, like, more into his character about how bad of a person he is because you get his internal dialogue. Yeah. Of how bad a person he is. It's not just, like, a hard exterior. No, he's just a bad person on the inside. I'm starting It right now, and they just had a character that is so like him in the book, in Mm -hmm. It, in the book, and I'm like, "Mm, okay, it's the same guy. Got it. (laughs) Billy Nolan is an It, too. (laughs) And he's, like, in his hot rod car, and he's, like, drinking beer in the driver's seat. And then he, like, spills his beer on Chris because a cop pulls up next to him. And she calls him a stupid shit. And he asks, asks, okay, first of all, he asks her not to call him that, and then she keeps doing it. And Mm -hmm. so he hits her in the face. Like, not justifiable, but also. But also she's kind of. She's abusive back. Exactly. They're both abusive towards each other because she's a queen bee, and he's not going to take her shit like every other dude does he doesn't take it from her yeah just because she's hot he doesn't he's like whatever like yeah she's got killer body but like i don't give a fuck you know mm-hmm. and then it cuts to tommy and sue watching tv and studying and then that's when tommy says okay i'll do it and then it cuts back to billy and chris being all gross again they start mm-hmm. like play fighting but then real fighting and then they're making out and then he hits her again and then she starts kissing him and then this was super weird <laughs> First of all, this scene is more clear in the book of, of, you know, this plan, I guess. And then Chris tells him she wants him to do something, something important. And then she starts sucking his dick. Okay, but how is she going down on him and And saying his name? Billy, clearly. You gotta use the... And then oh my you gotta God. use the like you gotta use your lips to make the B sound, and your lips are busy. <laughs> so. She goes down, she comes back up. Doing the Billy. B job. Get Billy. It. B sound, B job. Get it? Okay. <laughs> God, I have family. I was literally watching the scene and I was like, I'm going to have to talk about the scene in the podcast. And I was thinking about all my family that listens and I was like, fuck. But yeah, she's like saying like Billy very clearly in between like up and downs here. Like how? And it's like, first of all, it was annoying. Right. Just do well, it. Well, he seemed to like it. Ugh. <laughs> Because men like to hear their own name. No. Yeah. Let's just Let's end get it back here. to the period talk. <laughs> <laughs>
They're getting periods and blowjobs in this one. It's the gross one. Yep. John Travolta auditioned for this on his lunch break from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, which I don't know if you've ever seen. Oh, really? But it is so 70s, and he looks like it. And that's how he came in. That's part of why they dress him the way they do is because that's how he came into audition. That's what he looked like. He was Perfect. Like, yeah, he was a greaser and everything. It was great. Mr. Kato. And then as she's, like, doing her thing with his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing. She just stops and she says, I hate Carrie White. And then he goes, what? Who? <laughs> like, you really going to stop that just to be like, I hate that bitch. Like, she's got a lot of power over you if you're stopping and doing that. So it cuts to Carrie picking out more books at the library. And then Tommy approaches her and scares the shit out of her. And she's very meek and she won't make eye contact. Which is like her, Me. you know, her character. She's like, oh, yeah, what? Eye contact is scary. You don't like eyes. Oh, God, I fucking hate eyes. <laughs> And then he asks her to prom, and she's, like, flabbergasted, and, and she's immediately like, it's a trick, you know? Well, yeah, they've been mean to her for so long. Why now? So Carrie is sitting outside the gym waiting for the gym teacher because that's somebody she trusts, and she can't talk to her mama about boys, oh, you know? Oh, God, no. Could you imagine that? Mm, well, I mean, it gets bad. It, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, she's like, it's not real. They're playing a dirty trick on me, and the teacher, you know, talks her into going. She's like, that's great. That's fantastic. And then there's this really sweet, I love this scene so much. The gym teacher pulls her in to look at herself in a mirror and just keeps calling her beautiful and talking about her good features and making her really look at herself because she's always looking down. And in the book, they even talk about there are like no mirrors in the house Mm -hmm. because her mom won't allow them because it's vanity. Mm -hmm. I like that too, because she could have very easily gone along with Carrie and be like, yeah, this is horrible. I'm going to talk to them and keep that paranoia going but she's like no why wouldn't he want to this would be great because she thinks it's a trick too but she doesn't want to take something that is positive from this poor girl that has suffered so much exactly at the hands of the other people it's not like she just was dealt a bad hand and was suffering because there was death in her family or something like that like people would go out of their way to be mean to her yeah so then the teacher pulls sue and tommy into a room and she's like what, why are you doing this? What are you doing? What are your intentions? And they're like, no, seriously, like, we just want her to have a good time. Like, you know, and then Sue says she thought it would be good, a good thing for her. She's like, so you're just not going to go to prom? Tommy's just going to take care of you and you're just not going to go? She's like, yep. You know, of course, the gym teacher just wants to make sure they're not hurting her. Mm-hmm. And then Tommy's like, well, she said no anyway. And Sue says, well, you're going to convince her, you know, and then they're kind of bickering about that. But eventually... Tommy goes to Carrie's house, and of course she's horrified because if her mom oh God. sees that a boy is calling right? on her, all hell's going to break her loose. And Carrie asks him, you know, why are you doing this? Why do you care? Why are you doing this? And he said, I care because you liked my poem. You which know, is sweet. Yeah. But Tommy says he won't leave until she says yes, which is kind of shitty, but also, like, it gets the ball rolling, mm-hmm. I guess. So Carrie finally says okay, and he says, I'll pick her up at 8. And she slams the door in his face. <laughs> and then it cuts to Billy and Chris and his greaser friends sneaking into a farm, and it has a Bates packing sign on it. I didn't catch that. Yeah. That's actually the first time I saw that it said Bates anywhere here. Mm-hmm. And then I was paying attention, and then I was like, oh, it's Bates High School. It's mm-hmm. not you in high school. I hate this scene. Yeah, so you don't really see anything, though. The book is brutal. The book is very brutal, and they killed two of them. Yeah. So here, they say, come here, little piggy, I'm going to bash your head in, and then they kill a pig. In the book, it's a way more um, in detail about how they yeah. killed him, and it describes it, and 
even if you're not a vegetarian or a vegan, it's rough. Yeah, it is. Like, it doesn't matter if you eat pig or not, because there's a disconnect there Mm -hmm. with slaughterhouses and then eating, but this was just so brutal and so up close and personal. But they get the blood they need. And Carrie and her mother are eating dinner, and she tells her mom that she got invited to prom. And Carrie knows this is going to go horribly. (laughs) Carrie tells her mom she gets laughed at, and she just wants to be normal. She just pitches water at her across the thing. Oh, yeah. Her mom just throws water on her face. And she just says no over and over. Her mom does, no, no, you're not, no. She tells her to go to her closet and pray. And then Carrie tries to even tell her mom, like, he's nice, mama. Tommy's really nice. You'd like him, mama. But, of course, she's not going to like any. Oh, God, no. And then she says, they come when the blood comes, like dogs. Your it's face. the most disgusting thing. <laughs> when <laughs> she says that, I'm like, Ugh. I hate that term, sniffing around. God, I fucking hate that term. Mm-hmm. It's so gross. She tells her mom she already accepted and she tells her, you know, she's like, well, you're going to call him and tell him no or something. And she yells at her mama to sit and talk to her. But her mom is just like going off like she won't stop repeating Bible verses and like talking over her. And she yells at her mom to sit and talk to her. And as her mom walks away, she telepathically slams all the doors and windows. Just great. Yeah. Get her. She tells her mom, things are going to change around here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and her mom calls her a witch and says it's Satan's power. And Carrie says, it's not Satan. It's me. Yeah. If I can concentrate hard enough, I can move things. And she keeps telling Carrie that it's Satan's power. She tries so hard to get her life back. Like she's trying to stand up to her mother. She is trying to go out with this boy and try and be normal. And yeah. Because she wants out. that so bad. Yeah. It's so sad. And Carrie's mother tells her that Satan took her father, you know, like Satan's power took your father from me. And Carrie's like, he ran away with a woman, mama. Everyone knows it. Mm -hmm. Like, you're crazy and you're not going to give it up because you think intercourse was the first sin. Right. So daddy ran away with another woman. Exactly. Should have taken Carrie with him. Yeah, he should have. But in the book he died, right? Pretty sure he died. Yeah, it wasn't that he ran off with a woman. No. Carrie tells her mom that she can't stop her from going to prom, and they're just not going to talk about it anymore. So cut to it cuts to Billy and Chris rigging up the blood. Now, in the book, Billy goes and does it by himself. And it's really smart because he freezes the blood mm-hmm. so that he can carry it up without it sloshing it around really smart. the way that he does it. And he doesn't take Chris with him. She's, like, in the car. or just She's just mm-hmm. not with him when he's doing all this. And in the book, there are two buckets of blood. Well, they killed two pigs. Yeah. In the movies, there is only one. And then it cuts to Carrie's mom swaying back and forth and praying while Carrie's just making her dress. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to school. And one of Billy's friends, Freddie, so one of the ones that went to slaughter the pig, or pigs, depending on if you're a book or movie, hate this scene. talks to the head of the prom committee saying that he wants to help And he really wants to be part of it. And the guy's like, "Mm, you've never wanted to be part of anything before. Tell him to fuck off. I don't understand why you even need to entertain this. He's like pressing him like, no, let me help. Let me help. I want to count ballots. I want to count ballots. And he's like, fine, you can count the ballots. I mean, you're all probably juniors or seniors at this point. Does it really matter? Do you really need his approval at this point? No, you fucking don't. Tell him to fuck off. Yeah, but nope. He says, okay, you can count the ballots, which is. So in the book, I don't think that she does what she does in the movie. I think Carrie and Tommy, they tie mm-hmm. for a prom queen and king, and then they do a revote, and then mm-hmm. they win by one. Yeah. But in the movie, they steal a bunch of Norma 
Chris's best friend. Who's also not her best friend in the book. Right. Steals a bunch of ballots Mm -hmm. and switches them out. But cuts to the girls, you know, the girls are getting ready and they're gossiping about Carrie going to prom with Tommy. You know, and it's a big thing. And of course everybody's talking about it. It's huge. And Sue tells her friends she asked Tommy to because she owed it to Carrie. So she's not being shy. She's not saying like, oh, yeah, well. They really like each other. We're having problems. No, she's. Yeah. She's like, I asked him to. Yeah. I think that she deserves it. And then Chris whispers to Norma that she will be at the prom and tells her that she'll be in on it soon. Norma wears this stupid fucking red hat the whole fucking movie. Even in her prom dress, she wears this stupid red baseball cap and I hate it. Yeah. Gotta love good old PJ Souls. I hate it. Drove me nuts. That's all though. And then it cuts to Carrie and Tommy, respectively, shopping for makeup and his tux. And She's so excited. She's trying all these lipsticks. Yeah. And even the sales clerk is, like, looking at her mm-hmm. from behind her. So the whole town knows she's fucking weird. Yeah. But they all know she's going to prom, which is surprising. And then it cuts to Carrie getting ready. And she's in front of her mirror that she shattered earlier. And he, she has a newspaper clipping of Tommy up next to her mirror. I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. I did not notice that. Because he's a big time jock and so mm-hmm. there was a little article about him accomplishing something sports related and, and she cute. has it taped next to her mirror. Yeah. You can definitely tell that she likes him. Yeah. And he likes her. He does. Eventually. Yeah, he does. And then her mother ruins everything. And she starts hurting herself. <laughs> Stop hurting sh- yourself, yeah. mama. I should have known it would be red. I can see your dirty pillows. Which is because it's red in the book, by the way. Yeah, it's pink in the... It's a nod to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pink, mama, she says. But in the book, it's red. Yeah. And she says, take off that dress. We'll burn it together and pray for forgiveness. And then it's getting closer to 8 o'clock. And her mom is like, he's not coming. He's not coming. He's not going to come. He's not going to come. When Carrie doesn't listen, she starts hurting herself. Like, she starts, like, scratching her face Mm -hmm. and clawing at it. And then she says, they're all going to laugh at you, which comes back later. Yeah. And that's so messed up. Yeah. Like, that's the one person on the earth that should be there for you. Supportive, yeah. And she tells her to sit down and be quiet and then, like, throws her. (laughs) Yeah, throws her against the bed, of course, with her mind. She's Mm -hmm. she's doing all this with her mind. And then she does it twice because she won't sit the fuck down and shut up. (laughs) And then the second time, she kind of mutters under her breath, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And then Carrie leaves. So in the book, it's a little bit more clear because, again, you get the internal dialogue. Her mom, pretty much from this moment on, is planning on murdering her immediately when she gets home. Which you kind of get that one little offshoot comment in the movie, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. But in the book, it talks about, like, she's clearly planning on murdering her as soon as she gets back. So then it cuts to them all entering the prom and Carrie just is sitting in Tommy's car and she's just like, can we just wait for a minute? And she's so nervous and Tommy asks if she's scared and she says yes and maybe it's a mistake that she's there. And then Tommy is... Well, I mean, she thinks all those people hate her. Yeah. I don't... I think I she's strong go in, for going. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I would. I'd be like, can we do anything else? Other than this yes. fucking prom? Yeah. And Tommy is so sweet, though. He's like, it's going to be fine. You're going to be great. I promise. Yeah, They're not great. all bad people. Mm-hmm. But he has And they a... meet some good ones. Yeah. In the book, too. They meet a couple of his friends, and they're good, they're and they're very talking They're very nice to her, yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, your dress is so yeah, where'd you buy it? And I she's made like, it. I oh made my it. God. Yeah. You made it? It's great. And... The song the rock band is singing, as soon as they walk in, the first line of the song is, the devil's got a hold of your soul. Oh, I did not catch that. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't know why I noticed it, but I just, Hmm. the devil's got a hold of your, and I was like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I even listened for the other lyrics, but I didn't catch them all, but I didn't hear anything that was similar, but I was like, hmm. 
Okay. <laughs> and then I wrote, Norma wears that stupid hat everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm not sure which girl this is, but like we were saying, she accepts her immediately and tells her that she loves her mm-hmm. dress. And she's starting to loosen up a little bit. And then they're sitting at their table and Tommy asks her to dance. But she's just like, can we please just sit here for a minute? Because that's a lot all at once Dude, to right? absorb. And then Miss Collins, the gym teacher, comes up and they compliment each other and, oh, you look so pretty. And then Tommy gets up to give them a moment to Mm -hmm. go get punch or whatever. And she sits down and Miss Collins starts talking about her prom and how it was magical. And then she says, "Uh, you'll never forget it. And then they hug. And then Tommy comes back and is bantering with her playfully and asks if she really, you know, do you have to be home so early? And then Tommy says he, there's a party going on after. And she's like, if you want me to just take me home, you can go to the party. And he's like, no, like, let's go in the book. It's a little bit more clear, but he just wants to take her out after prom to get like a milkshake. Yeah. Which I love. Cause, and then in the book, she's like, oh my God, he would rather just take me to get a milkshake than go to a party with his friends. Mm -hmm. Like she's so enthralled by him Mm -hmm. and feels so respected. Yeah. That he's being so nice to her. He's not just like, okay, I got to do this one thing, get it over with, take her home, and I'm good. And he's making her a priority this whole night. This is his senior prom too, but he's like making sure she's okay and like trying to get her out of her box the whole time. He convinces her to dance with him and is like swaying with her and teaches her and she like steps on him and she gets really upset. She's like, I'm so fucking sorry. She doesn't say fucking, but (laughs) you can tell she's like, I'm so sorry. And she like falls against his chest and like almost is about to cry and he's like so comforting he's like no no don't worry about it this does not happen in the book but they fucking kiss Mm -hmm. like kiss kiss they do they're so cute together like you want them to end up together yeah and like i feel bad for sue but at the same time i'm like she has so much going for her and this is literally the only happiness carrie has ever felt in her entire life is in this moment right here exactly in her entire life like let's say 17 18 years i still look at sue as a bitch i don't know why but just looking, like, at that actress, I know she's trying to fix things, but I'm like, you're a bitch. I don't really care. But in the book, she doesn't know why. She wrestles with her intentions a little bit more than you see in the movie. She's like, I want to do this because I don't want to be a bad person. But she's so afraid to look inward to see if she really is a bad person. And she's just yeah. trying to overcompensate for this. Which I don't think she is. But she struggles with that, of who her identity there. Weird, deep thought for a second. Yeah. Okay. In the book, they talk about how Carrie is basically telepathically making these people do stuff. And they just know. They just know she's going to be there. They just know to go here. They just know to follow there. Yeah. Maybe she's telling her to do this. Mm, that could be true. Because in, in okay, we'll get into this when the mask group starts. Yeah. But they do. They kind of know when she's around. Yeah. Um, because she's, like, getting into everybody's heads. The cops keep going, how do you? How did you know she'd be there? I, you just know. I just know. You just know. Because through the whole book, you've got the book, and then you've got these offshoots, like the Carrie White committee, or what was it? Yeah. yeah. Or we've got the people that survived, and they talk, and you've got all these different interviews. And you've got a letter from Sue. Yeah. You know, and so she's getting into their heads, and so that could very well be. Idea. I don't know if she would be bold enough to want that for herself and actually go through with it i personally don't think that's what it was but i just thought that was an interesting huh idea Could be. i mean okay let's say she is trying to take her life back and stand up to her mom so maybe she's like i want to go out on one fucking date with yeah. one fucking hot guy and so i'm gonna make it happen maybe she doesn't even know at that point that she's doing it she's, she's just, just like her will yeah is just making it happen maybe like i don't think she knows that she brings sue to her at the end of the book it just happens maybe yeah hmm. idea so after they kiss, she's like, why am I here? Why do you ask me? Because you liked my poem. We're here and we're together and I like it. 
So they don't like make out in the book, but you can tell that Tommy is like essentially falling for her mm-hmm. and really is is truly not trying to patronize her. He's truly trying to give her a good night yeah. and be good to her. <sighs> Number spinning. Something that stayed with me in the book was something, I don't remember who they were talking about. It could have been, I think it was Tommy and it was like something about in his two hours left to live. Yes. It said something like that. So throughout the whole book, they do that. It's like a countdown. Yes. You Mm -hmm. just know. And it's like, this is going to happen at at a certain time. And then two hours left. An hour left. 30 minutes. Right. It just tells you the whole time. It's a countdown and it stresses you out. Yeah. Because you know what's happening. And these poor people and you're like, please get out. I know that I know it's going to happen, but please don't. Right. And uh, then in the movie, Sue leaves her family dinner and sneaks into prom because she just wants to see how mm-hmm. Carrie's doing. In the book, she's at home alone. In the book, she's at home alone. Yeah. Uh, her parents kind of just leave her to, you know, enjoy her night and alone. And she just sees the fire. Yep. And she just sees the fire, like at the high school burning down. But she, in the movie, she does sneak into the prom because she wants to see how Carrie's doing. And the king queen ballots go around and Carrie sees that they're on it. And... Tommy, she says it's beautiful. Like she's talking about the decorations and the stage and stuff. And he looks at her and he's just like, you're beautiful. And I was like, just broke me. I was like, no. You're like, you're literally getting ready to die here in 10 minutes. Like she is beautiful and it's beautiful and everything is beautiful. Except for fucking Chris Harkinson is a bitch. And it just, it like literally just broke, shattered my heart into pieces. Because like we both have kind of talked about how we, especially recently, are getting really empathetic in these movies. Yeah, where it's just hitting you deeper. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is why I don't watch sappy shit because I'll just right? lose it. I would rather see Let's people die. Let's get some blood and guts. Yeah. <laughs> and Tommy says they should vote for themselves. But uh, she's like, no, no. And he's like, the devil with false modesty. And then she just looks to at him and devil. says, the devil. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to her mom pacing around the kitchen. And she's violently chopping carrots. But then the carrots aren't there not. anymore. And then she's just banging the knife on the, <laughs> the cutting board. And it's like, oh. I'm she's crazy. She's she has losing. Snapped. Yeah. <laughs> And Chris and Billy are hiding under the stage. And Chris says that she rigged the ballot. So in the book, Billy's like, well, she may not even get voted queen. And Chris is like, I'm pretty sure she will be because people just want to see that and what happens. Mm-hmm. But Billy, in his mind, is like, I don't care who it is. I'm dumping pig's blood. He hates these rich, popular, because he comes from a broken home. Yeah. In the book, and internally, he's like, I would even dump it on Chris. Fuck her. Fuck mm-hmm. all of them. I don't care who it is. I'm dumping it on whoever. But uh, Norma collects the real ballots and hides them and switches them out. And even her boyfriend's in on it. You know, he passes it off and they make out and she kicks it under the table. And then they announce that Carrie and Tommy won. And then the slow motion starts. Mm -hmm. Now, in the book, right before everything happens and as everything happens, you don't just get all of a sudden Carrie looked at somebody and it happened. You start to get all these other people's perceptions of what's happening, which is kind of cool Mm -hmm. because it saves Carrie's account for after everyone else has kind of gone, the survivors have gone through their accounts of what happened. So it's beautiful, happy music of her being, you know, popular for just a moment and getting everything she's ever wanted for a very small fleeting moment. And she's still timid, but she's so happy when she's walking up to stage. She's just got tears in her eyes and Tommy's just looking at her and smiling and like I teared up mm-hmm. 
on that walk scene when she's walking up to the stage. Cause I was like, Oh my God, she's so happy and it's perfect. And you just want it to last so bad, but then you wouldn't have this movie. Exactly. <laughs> or this book. We probably I guess. wouldn't even watch this movie. No, I would not. And, uh, it shows Chris hiding under the stage and she's just there to watch. It cuts to Sue hiding behind the stage. Mm-hmm. And like I said, she's just there to watch them and she's win. she's so happy for them. Oh yeah. She's smiling too. And then Carrie gets flowers and a crown and it shows the crowd and they're still clapping for her. And she's so happy. But then Sue standing behind the stage sees a rope going up the stage and she sees it moving. Well, her hand's on it and it's tugging. Like, yeah, she's going to see it. And she traces it and she tries to stop it so she sees that something's going on and it's everything's about to go to hell but the gym teacher who kind of thinks she might be Be in on it it, which is fair you know it's but she's so close to finding chris and stopping it but the gym teacher like literally grabs her and pulls her away so carrie kind of starts to see what's going on but she's just so in the moment that she's not really Mm -hmm. paying attention and then the blood drops and it just is quiet for a moment. So it's got to smell so bad. Oh, dude. In the book, two buckets drop. So they're actually in the book, they're sitting in thrones. Mm-hmm. They're not standing. And the blood gets dumped on both of them. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it talks about these other people's accounts. And they're like, you just see something metallic at first. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, it took them a while to figure out it was blood. And then somebody was like, oh, my God, it's blood yeah. or something. And then they were laughing out of surprise. Awkwardness. Like, like what the uh, Is this a prank? Like, and then once one person starts laughing, you know, humor is contagious. And it just builds and builds. They mm-hmm. weren't trying to be malicious to carry. It's just in the movie, awkward they, human nature. It looked in like the movie, they were. Yes. But in the book. In the book, they're not. Yeah, somebody was like, it was just like that awkward, like, <sighs> it's li- It's so sad in the book because it's not just Carrie that gets attacked in this all these kids are also innocent bystanders that get killed right and then of course the bucket in the movie hits tommy on the head and he falls over immediately and he dies and he dies in the movie yes he does not in the book carrie kills him in the book he gets knocked out yes and then the fire ends up taking him painlessly Mm -hmm. in his sleep it does talk about how he gets knocked out and then everything just goes dark for him and he's not in any pain. But Carrie does kill him and she feels bad for that. Yeah. Because she doesn't think, at least in my perception of the book and the movie, that Tommy is in on this. Because no. he got he got blood all over him too. Exactly. And in the, I think in the remake, he's like, who did this or something? You know, like he's. I haven't, I've seen the remake like once, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't it's it. been a while since I've seen it, but I think he even gets like a little like bent out of shape about it, which is fair. Then in her head, she starts hearing, they're all going to laugh at you. And then she also hears, plug it up, plug it up. And Cassie, 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 like all of these things. And then it's flipping like a kaleidoscope of people. And there's people laughing, including the gym teacher and all this stuff. Yep. And then she gets this crazy fucking look, which is so good. Turns red. The lights go down. And her eyes. basic. Must have felt like a badass. They're fucking huge. In the book, though, I like, this is where I think a remake, a third remake, wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing or a tired thing because it's so different. So from here on out, it's very different in the book. Yeah. Uh, it's even more brutal. I think that, like I said, somebody could do this and do it well, especially oh, yeah. now with everything that we have as far as like computers go. In the book, she doesn't just start fucking shit up immediately. No, she leaves. She crying. runs out And crying. she gets tripped. Yeah. Somebody trips her yeah. on purpose. 
And it talks about the blood smear, like skidding across the floor where she fell and she runs out and she just kind of lays in the grass for a minute, face down. And then she, she's finally like, okay, fuck it. Let's do this. I'm done. Yep. And then she returns. Yes. And she closes them all in and they're all looking out at her. Yes. And it's so good in the book. Oh my God. Not that the movie is bad. The movie's brutal. Yes. It's just a little bit more brutal in the book because she traps them in like fucking, she's not trapped in there with them. No. What I understand in the book. No, she's not. Like one of the people turns around and I love this because this is so real. Like they're just hanging out in there. Yeah. And one of them turns around and they just mention, oh, hey, Carrie's back. And that's it. Because she locks him in. She turns the hoses on. She starts electrocuting shit. Shit starts on fire. It goes so fast. And she's not even in there. And even before this, what it doesn't show is uh, one of the townspeople talks about this in an interview with the Carrie White Commission. Because what you don't get out of any of the movies is there is a whole study being done on what happened in this town. And telekinesis and what they call the TK gene, I think. Mm -hmm. Gene or chromosome or something like that. And so they're studying what happened and how it happened. And they're like, telekinesis is genetic. And she had the gene and all this stuff. And they're doing interviews with people that experienced it. And so somebody in the town says, I saw her and I don't know how I knew it was Carrie White. But in my head, I was immediately like, that's Carrie White. Yep. And she was fucking uh, unscrewing all the fire hydrants so that she knew she was going to light the school on fire. So they couldn't say that. So they couldn't put them out. Yep so creepy so premeditated it wasn't like in the movie where she just starts going off she thinks about this she's like how can i cause the most damage and make sure that nobody yeah nobody can help this is like school shootings before school shootings were a thing you know when we watch we need to talk about kevin yeah and he gets all those bike locks and locks them in and And he just knows shoots them with arrows it's like that yep yep and uh but in the movie she Turns the fire hose on him. So there's actually a hose in there for, you know, putting out fires. And at this point, she's just being mean. She's just like, really? You know, fuck you. I'm just going to spray you with this shit. Yep. But then... And it's interesting because the screen is all red. Mm -hmm. Like right now. And water hits the electrical cords and the stage lights. And she's just looking around at everyone and focusing and flexing, as they call Mm -hmm. it, in the book. And making shit happen. Killing people. Chris and Billy are watching from outside the window. So they got out and they're like, oh my fucking God. Sue got out right before and Chris and Billy got out. And in the movie, that's all you see. That's it. Yep. Nobody gets out. And the movie explicitly shows her killing the gym teacher and the principal back to back. Oh, she does kill the principal, huh? Mm -hmm. That, the gym teacher part, that was actually, she was really scared because they weren't quite sure where it was going to land when it was going to hit her. Yeah. She wasn't sure if it was actually going to hit her or not. So she was scared right there. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) And then the fire breaks out and Carrie slowly walks off stage. Very, very slow. Yeah. Walks out of the school and it looks like she's... the scariest fucking part of that movie. It looks like she's emerging from the flames. Dude. Yeah. And she comes out and she's just so straight. And then she shuts the doors and walks off. And I'm like, whoo, that's fucking scary. And in the book too, it's talking about how she is just... She thinks about things really hard and then they happen. So she's actually consciously thinking about, okay, I got to hold the door shut. And she's like, oh, somebody's trying to get out. And she closes it on them and it severs their finger. Yes. Yeah. Like some guys get caught in the door and no, it's way more brutal in the book. She's like, she's cutting off pieces. Yep. And it's all on purpose. It's not like it's just happening because she's like in this trance. Mm -hmm. Nope. She's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure all of you die tonight. Yep. And she also in the book. So in, well, in the movie, she's going home right after this. Mm-hmm. She goes straight home. 
in the book, she doesn't go straight home. Oh, hell no. She wreaks havoc. She lights everything on fire. I did want to comment really quick. You guys heard in the beginning our little ode or our little uh, news report. That's because today, as of us uploading this, it is 40 years of the massacre in the book. Yes. 40 years exactly. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yes. And she explodes two gas stations. Yeah. To, and that's what people are talking about in the town. They're like, the explosions and the town hall bells go off. Yeah, it just jumps from like person the air raid to person. Sirens. Like a sheriff and a random dude in a bar and a dude in the drunk tank and all of this and all of them at different times hearing the explosion throughout yes. the town. Yep. And when we were talking about, like, the guy just knew it was Carrie White, they all are like, it was Carrie White. We couldn't see her, but we knew yeah. it was Carrie because Carrie wanted them all to know yeah. she was doing this and she was going to kill all of them. So not only are there streets, businesses, she's also lighting the residences on fire. Well, yeah, this explosion is just spreading everywhere. They don't really see her until she comes. She just does all this. She explodes everything. And then she kind of takes a break In and she church. goes to the church. Mm-hmm. Nobody saw her that whole time, but they still knew it was Carrie White. Mm-hmm. And then when she comes out of the church, that's when she just fucking goes. She kills power lines and exposes them. And people keep, like, panicking and running. And they'll, oh they'll step on the power lines and it'll kill them. That image in my mind yeah. freaked me out. Especially because... This poor lady standing Yeah, there. someone, uh, one of the women was her one of her friends came over and was like oh my god do you know what's going on and they're like oh my god our kids are in that school and so these two moms Mm -hmm. go out of their homes and they say we've got to go get our babies yeah and they go into the street and then one of them sees the downed power lines and is like don't move Mm -hmm. don't run stop but the other mom panics yeah and steps on a power cord you know get to safety and she does not yeah and, and that's other... how most people die. Like, there's just bodies going down. Oh, yeah. It's literally, like, l- the streets are just littered with bodies. I mean, she kills 440 people, and only, like, 68 of them are in the school. So yep. think of how many townspeople she just murders. Yep. And I'm sure a lot of those are the homes just burning down. Yeah. It's late at night. People are probably sleeping. Can't get out soon enough, especially if you're Fuck. in, you know, the vicinity of the explosions. Yeah. So, like we said, the book way more brutal the whole fucking town gets taken out yeah it's really sad so good stephen king has a little remark in the beginning it says this is for tabby who got me into it and then bailed me out of it and i love that because that is for his wife tabitha and he's fucking right he threw this shit in the trash he did this one night when he was drunk or high i don't remember and he thought it was such a piece of crap that he threw it in the trash and she pulled it back out as she should have because this is fucking amazing yeah it's one of my favorite stephen king stories yeah So in both the movie and the book, she is eventually making her way home. But in the movie, she massacres kids in the high school and then she goes home. She doesn't Mm -mm. linger around the town except for when she's walking home. Chris and Billy try to run her down with the car and she flips the car and it explodes. But that's about it. In the movie, it's more her trying to, this horrible thing just happened and she's just trying to get home where at least it's safe. And she wants her mama. Yeah. Even if her mama's fucking terrible. Yeah. When you're upset, you want your mom. When you're sick, you want your mom. Yeah, exactly. And then um, she ends up back home and she walks inside and there are just like dozens and dozens of candles lit all over the house. I mean, like on beds, floors, stairs. That's what I said. I was like, well, she got just got a candle. I mean, I have a closet of candles, but like not that many. Yeah, right. <laughs> and she's still looking all 
wide-eyed and crazy and she walks up the stairs this is the creepiest part in my her opinion her mom just hiding there her it's and then like she just waits the lighting and is really weird and it's dark and you can see her mom just like staring and hiding in the dark behind yeah. a door and, and carrie's she just like waits while she takes a bath and carrie's just like looking around for her mama mm-hmm. you know and doesn't find her so she just goes in and she takes a bath which i would be taking a shower that shit is not, I'm not going to sit in that yeah. pig's blood. Also, how long, it must have taken her so long to scrub all that off. Yeah, because there's no way. It's she all like dry now. She dunks it and it's just coming out. No. By the way, Sissy Spacek was in that, I think, for three days and never changed because she wanted that appearance to be the exact same as when it fell on her through the end. Ew. So while they were doing all this filming, she never changed out of it. Gross. Uh-huh. Was it real blood? No. Oh, thank God. I was like, because I don't know how involved no, the Humane Society said. was. It was uh, corn syrup, corn syrup <laughs> okay. and red food coloring. There are some movies, though, that the actor, the directors are fucking crazy and they make them use real stuff like that. Because you can just buy pork or pig's blood at like a weird Butcher grocery shop. stores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me, but ew. So you're right. She does take a shower or a bath and the music is super intense and haunting here. And Carrie doesn't see her mom somehow before she takes a bath because she's standing behind the door that Carrie walks into. It's really oh weird. God. And I'm thinking that she's standing there the whole time during this bath. Yep. Just waiting for her. And <gasps> when she when Carrie walks back out of her room, she's got her nightgown on. Her mom comes out from behind the door and she just hugs her mom and starts sobbing. And her mom kneels down and Carrie asks her mom to hold her. Because she just wants that connection, but her mom is not Someone not hugging her back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like she knows that this is something horrible happened to her, and she just killed all these people. She knows that. Yeah, and her mom, instead of hugging her back, because you know that she's going to kill Carrie in the movie, like mm-hmm. she has the butcher knife from earlier. In the book, it's a lot more detailed. They both plan on killing each other. Mm-hmm. They're just like standing like across from each other Mm -hmm. and they know they're both about to kill the other one and so it's a little bit more of a standoff kind of situation Mm -hmm. and less of a please hold me kind of situation yeah her mother says in the movie i should have killed myself when he put it in me and i didn't get all of this because i can't type on my phone that fast but i should have killed myself when he put it in me after the first time we weren't married sin never dies at first it was all right we lived sinlessly we slept in the same bed but we never did it That night, I saw him looking at me that way. We knelt to pray for strength with whiskey on his breath, and he took me. And then she's like, I liked it. I liked it. All that dirty touching. I should have given you to God when you were born, but I was weak and backsliding. Now the devil has come home. We'll pray. And in the book, she says, even when she was pregnant, she thought it was some sort of cancer and God was going to take her for being you know, unfaithful or, you know, living sinful. Which in the book is the second time she's been pregnant. She had a miscarriage Mm -hmm. before. Right. And Carrie agrees to pray. She's like, yes, mama, we'll pray. Because she just wants someone to love her. Yeah. In any capacity. She'll do whatever at this point for Mm -hmm. just someone to love her. And then Carrie's mom says, for the last time, we'll pray. And she takes the knife and she stabs her like in the back or like Mm -hmm. the upper shoulder area. And Carrie falls down the stairs. And her mother comes down to Carrie with a knife. And she's like smiling. Mm -hmm. She's like, I am doing God's work right now. Mm -hmm. I am murdering this witch. And then Carrie crawls away, but she's still following her and towering over her. And then she lifts her hand up to stab her. And then Carrie flexes Mm -hmm. and a knife flies at her and pins her hand to the wall. Yeah, my favorite one's the potato peeler. Yeah, it gets her right in like the chest or the stomach area. 
And then Carrie ends up sending all sorts of knives and kitchen mm-hmm. utensils to her. And she sends them flying through the air. And her mom is, I think, like her mom is moaning in pain, of course. But I think she's also kind of like, I'm dying a martyr right now. Oh, yeah. She's, she's like super almost like, in like orgasmic about it. Yeah. Like, this is happening. Damn straight. I died for, mm-hmm. for God, mm-hmm. you know. A witch struck me down, but not before mm-hmm. I tried to kill her. And then she's looks like she's been crucified in this imagery. Just like the doll that's in that room. Exactly. And Carrie gets up and she takes her mom down and she just starts screaming. And then the house starts creaking and collapsing on itself. And she takes her mom's body and she goes into the prayer closet, I think. Mm-hmm. And the house catches fire and is basically leveled. Mm-hmm. And then cut to day and it's Sue's house. And she's in bed and her mom gets a phone call from one of her friends and says she couldn't have handled. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so glad it's you. I couldn't have handled another reporter. And she says she's better. She's sleeping too much. Doctor said to be expected. He says she's young enough to forget about it. In what world? Oh, yeah. She's like 18. She's yeah. never going to forget about this. Like, her boyfriend died. All of her friends. Yeah. She also says she didn't let her go to any of the funerals. And I thought that was sad. Like mm-hmm. her mom didn't let Sue go to the funerals. And then it kind of goes into this dreamscape scene. And mm-hmm. Sue is dreaming and she goes to put flowers on. Carrie doesn't really have a grave, but there's a for sale sign where her house was that looks like a cross. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm, you know, walking to put flowers there. It says Carrie White burns in hell. Yep. And there's like this really sweet, beautiful flute music. And then it's all of a sudden nighttime. Like it was beautiful and bright when she started to go to Carrie's mm-hmm. grave, but then it was dark. And Sue places the flowers down, and then a bloody arm comes up to grab her. And Sue just wakes up hysterical and screaming, and then it fades out. Which was, <laughs> since I said that was mother and daughter, Yeah. when she screamed like that, her mother thought it was real. And instead of saying Sue, she said Amy, but the music was able to cut it out because she thought her daughter was really fucking screaming. Good acting. Uh-huh. Fooled your mama. Yeah. The book is different so she kills her mom and she doesn't die with her she escapes and she ends up finding chris and killing chris and chris and billy yeah because she killing do- them. she doesn't they don't just come across her and try it because in both the original and the 2013 remake they find her and try to run her down with the car yeah, but no, that's not true them down. she goes to them at this like bar yeah you know that they're at and kills them and then she's dying and as she's dying she's like telepathically calling anyone to her that's anywhere close by and sue ends up following those calls finds her and just stays with her while she dies which is a last you know little happiness i guess for this poor person yeah carrie knows that she's dying but she's basically using all of her strength because also throughout this entire book she has said what a toll using her powers takes on her body yeah it causes her her to like she gets nosebleeds and stuff and eventually this is just killing her yeah and her heartbeat is racing and her blood pressure is ridiculous Mm -hmm. and um so it will kill her yeah and so it's partially that but then also her mother has stabbed her in the back and it mentions that all carrie wants to do is lay on her back and look at the stars but she can't because she has a knife in her back when sue sees her she kind of rolls her over and is being very compassionate and Mm -hmm. And she has someone with her when she dies. Yeah. And then Sue gets her period, and that's literally the end of the book. Yep. Gets her period. Yeah. In the remake, she's pregnant with Tommy's kid. Do you remember that? She is? No, I literally don't remember that. In the book, it was like, oh, my God, I think I'm late. And so she thinks she might be pregnant, but then she gets her period. 
And in the remake, we may talk about the remake eventually, but in the remake, the house is coming down around Carrie and Sue goes to check on her basically because she knows that Carrie did all this. And Carrie like sticks her hand out and looks at her stomach and says it's a girl and then pushes her out the house and it collapses. Oh, interesting. So Sue does go to her there, but Hmm. so a little bit of difference in the remake, obviously. And also in the book, there's these like investigations going on and these interviews and these official on record interviews going on about what happened. And they don't believe Sue was innocent. Mm-hmm. they are constantly are like, that's not true. Like they're berating her and they didn't berate anyone else mm-hmm. in the town except for her. So, you know, she says we're all to blame for what happened to Carrie White. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the town just wants to blame her because she's crazy. So, but man, even if you're not much of a reader, like I said, this book is not long. No, it's, it's 250 like, pages so fast. Yeah, it's a really but easy really read. Good. Yeah, so I definitely recommend, and it's hard for me to recommend books because I know it's, for even people that like to read but just don't do it that often, it's, like, hard to get into a book. And this is one you can get into pretty easily and not feel like it's going to harness you down like it for months, you know? Yeah. Or even, uh, like, Dr. Sleep is forever long, too. So what do you got for little factoids about Carrie? I got a bunch. There were so many that I had to cut a bunch of them out. Sissy Spacek got so into this movie, she would go hide. And she even told the actor, she's like, I like you guys. And after this movie's done, we're going to be great friends. But I'm going to really get into this part. And she, would, she wouldn't hang out with them. She wouldn't have lunch with them. She wouldn't talk to them. Nothing. She would go be in her trailer all by herself or around corners if they were all together or things like that. And isolate herself yep. like Carrie actually was isolated. To really get in that. And then she loved <laughs> this movie so much that she, when it was done, she would go to theaters mm-hmm. just at the end so that she could watch reactions at the end of the movie can you you know how i am at movie theaters i, I like know all my exits all the time i can't imagine i'd immediately think like oh my ass is about to get locked in here burned yeah right she was actually a homecoming queen in real life sissy spacek yeah very different <laughs> yeah linda blair almost went out for this or she did but she almost got this part. She didn't get... Sissy Spacek got it over her even after her... Um, which is interesting because Linda Blair looks more like, in my opinion, what the book describes Carrie as. Yeah. Like, I guess she doesn't have that skinny face. She's got more of a broad yeah, face. I could see... Linda Blair is beautiful. But I could see them making her closer to what Carrie in the book looked like. But they did a good job with... Like, Sissy Spacek's beautiful, but she's more, like, creepy, kind of plain beautiful, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Well, they thought she was too pretty to go out for this. She begged them to let her. Well, that's kind of how I feel about Chloe Grace Moretz going out for the remake. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can make that girl look. Mm-hmm. I mean, she did a good job looking scary when she needed to, when she was covered in blood. But I was like, man, she seems really pretty to play that part, you know, because Carrie is supposed to be not cute. No. At all. The actors for Sue and Tommy, respectively, went up for Leia and Luke and Star Wars. I thought you'd like that. What? Yeah. I mean, I love Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, but yep. I would have liked to see more of Tommy. Mm-hmm. Honestly, <laughs> in film. But I'm glad that we got Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah. The actors, like especially the woman who played Carrie's mom, mm-hmm. thought that this story was so over the top. And it didn't help because the director had actually done comedies before. They mm-hmm. thought this was a comedy. Interesting how comedy directors end up killing it in horror. Right? Just this repeat, Just once repeated again. theme. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. So Amy Irving, that's Sue, mm-hmm. she wore a ring the whole time. I don't have one hand, but she wore a ring the whole time that actually Stephen King gave her as a gift. 
That's really cool. Was yeah. he in this one? I didn't see him, but I didn't I look. I did not see him, and I didn't find him in any of the trivia, and that would have popped okay. up. So. Yeah, I just know sometimes he likes to make those little cameos, yeah. so I, I was looking, but I didn't see him. Yeah, she was originally supposed to be Carrie, so when that happened, he gave her a ring. Spielberg was actually friends with the director during this time, and he would come down because the director would say, there's so many hot chicks down here. And he would come down, and he asked literally every woman on set to go out with him on a date, and the only one that said yes was Amy Irving, Sue. And they ended up married for four years and had a son. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> we have another Haunted Happy Hour coming up. And if you have any experience or know of anybody that has any experience or even know of a spooky story, uh, we are going to do one about like haunted dolls, toys, artifacts, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, conduits, if you will, uh, for in some cases, like Annabelle. Um, so if you have any of those stories, please email them over at theextrasisters at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can always message us, direct or DM us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, which our Instagram and Facebook are both The Exorcisters Podcast. Twitter is at The Exorcisters. And you can find us on www.exorcisters.com. And next time, three student filmmakers disappear into the woods. Till then, stay creepy.